Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. The National Asthma Education and Prevention Program Coordinating Committee, NAEPPCC, is a group of representatives from the major scientific, professional, governmental, and voluntary organizations interested in asthma. The committee's primary mission is to advise the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute on issues concerning asthma. Dr. Michelle Cloutier is here to speak with us about her session at ATS 2021 on the 2020 Focused Updates to Asthma Management Guidelines, a report from the U.S. NAEPPCC Expert Panel Working Group. Dr. Cloutier is a professor emerita of pediatrics and medicine at the University of Connecticut School of Medicine in Farmington, Connecticut. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Cloutier. Can you please give us an overview of your session? This particular session examines some uh, new guidelines and reports that have recently been published or are available for viewing by primary care and specialists. It examines the guidelines from the uh, NAEPP Coordinating Committee, from the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. It examines the GINA report and its recommendations, and it examines the treatment of severe persistent asthma, the biologic therapy. Let's dive a little deeper. I know there are a few, but what are the priority topic areas for updates to the guidelines and what updates have been made? The 2020 uh, focused asthma updates to the asthma guidelines addressed six pre-specified topics and made a total of 19 recommendations in these six topic areas. And I'm going to try and very briefly summarize both the topic as well as the recommendation. So the new guideline made recommendations regarding the use of fractional exhaled nitric oxide or pheno in asthma diagnosis and management. And the expert panel recommended the use of pheno in asthma diagnosis when the diagnosis is uncertain and in asthma management when management decisions are uncertain. It did not recommend pheno uh, to diagnose asthma in young children, to determine exacerbation severity or uh, adherence to therapy. The second topic area is allergen mitigation strategies. And here the expert panel recommended against the routine use of allergen mitigation strategies in individuals with asthma. So recommended against routine use. However, in individuals who have a history of exposure to specific allergens and have either symptoms upon exposure or evidence of sensitization, the expert panel recommends multi-component allergen mitigation strategies and recommends against single component mitigation strategies. In the area of treatment, there were multiple recommendations regarding the use of inhaled corticosteroids. First, there is a recommendation for use of a short course, meaning seven to 10 days of inhaled corticosteroids in children zero to four years of age who wheeze with respiratory tract infections. The second 
is in individuals with mild persistent asthma, there is a recommendation for intermittent and concomitant inhaled corticosteroid and short-acting bronchodilators for treatment. In individuals with moderate persistent asthma, the recommendation is for SMART or single maintenance and reliever therapy for use daily, so once or twice a day, one to two puffs, and as needed, one to two puffs for a total of 12 puffs per day in adults and eight puffs per day in children. The specific uh, combination therapy recommended in SMART is an inhaled corticosteroid with formoterol because formoterol can be used more than twice a day and it has a rapid onset of action. In the management of individuals with moderate to severe persistent asthma, the expert panel recommended triple therapy. That is therapy with an inhaled corticosteroid, a long-acting bronchodilator, and a LAMA, long-acting muscarinic antagonist. There were additional recommendations for LAMA use as alternative therapy in individuals with moderate to severe persistent asthma. The fifth area that the expert panel, or fifth topic that the expert panel commented upon or made recommendations was related to immunotherapy. And the expert panel recommended for subcutaneous immunotherapy as an adjunct to pharmacotherapy in individuals five years and older, and recommended against the use of sublingual immunotherapy, specifically for the treatment of asthma. And the final topic that the expert panel addressed was the use of bronchial thermoplasty, which is a bronchoscopic maneuver that decreases the size of airway smooth muscle and therefore increases the caliber of the airways. And the expert panel recommended against the routine use of bronchial thermoplasty, except in individuals who uh, strongly want the potential short-term benefits and are not concerned about the long-term benefits. So those are the six topics And that is a summary of the 19 recommendations. That was a lot of information. I think you did a great job summarizing that. Thank you. How will these updates impact clinical practice and the management of asthma? Well, here in the U.S., I think the biggest change really is the the recommendation related to SMART therapy. This represents a significant paradigm shift for us, but it is not going to be an easy shift for us to make. And it's not going to be easy for us for two reasons. The first is that the insurance companies allow or will pay for one inhaler per month. And smart therapy, by its design of saying you take one to two puffs, uh, one to two times per day, and as needed, this approach to therapy will dictate the need for more than one inhaler per month. And so insurance companies will need to begin to... um, cover prescriptions for more than one inhaler per month. And the second one is one that currently smart therapy is not included in the package insert for the major ICS formoterol combination that's currently available. And our understanding 
is that they are not going to seek FDA approval for this. And so it may well be that we're going to need to look to other pharmaceutical companies to make these drugs or sort of some workarounds to them. Clearly, however, the literature supports the use of SMART. The expert panel made this a strong recommendation with high certainty of evidence for ages 12 and up and moderate certainty of evidence for ages 4 to 12. And so the data clearly support the use of SMART and its safety. Were there any other topics that were suggested for updating, but perhaps lacked sufficient new information to warrant an update? And can you name a few and talk about what could be next for research in asthma management guidelines? Well, as you can imagine, there were a number of topics that had been suggested. Now, these topics were discussed and decided upon back in 2014 and 2015. And at the time, one of the major areas that was felt to be emerging, but not ready for updating were the biologics. At the time that the topics were being chosen, there was only one biologic on the market. And now there are many, many biologics on the market. And so this topic was excluded. The other thing that should be noted about the 2020 focused asthma updates is that the draft report was sent out for dissemination across the country to to the public, to nonprofits, to professional societies, and they all commented upon them. And in fact, we had more than 500 draft recommendations, which were subsequently incorporated into the final document. But what's important about that is that they all mentioned all these other topics that had been discussed back in 2014-15, but decided not that there wasn't enough evidence to include in an update. But clearly, many of these areas are ripe for updating. For example, we need to go back and relook at asthma severity and how we define asthma severity. And this has put us And by all of us having slightly different versions and all, I mean, other reports and guidelines out there have different definitions, it makes it very difficult to come to a consensus because we're defining things differently and we need to relook at that. We also need to relook at what is a low dose inhaled corticosteroid, a medium dose, a high dose inhaled corticosteroid. We need to sort of come to some decisions about that. One of the things that the that the 2020 focused asthma updates does is it talks a lot about shared decision making about really sitting down with patients and saying, look, here are some choices for therapy. And, and we need to better understand what's important for patients. We need much more work in this area. What do they prefer? What, what are their goals of therapy? We have our goals, but they're not necessarily the same as patient goals. And the final thing is we need to get away from one size fits all. Currently, we have a step diagram for individuals 12 years and up, which is the therapy for those individuals. But in fact, asthma is not a single disease. It is a syndrome and it has many different endotypes and phenotypes. And we need to begin to sort these out and begin to look at therapy specifically for them. So for researchers who are doing clinical trials, um, the expert panel strongly urged them to better define their populations and to then bin those individuals so that we could look at therapy both across studies by 
clear definitions and similar outcomes, and also by different endotypes and phenotypes. I think this podcast is packed full of information. I think it's great. But what's the overall take-home message for our audience today, would you say? Asthma is evolving, and we as clinicians need to adapt and adjust to this new information. We need to embrace the changes, and we need to Uh, be better partners with our patients in managing asthma. Well, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Cloutier. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. 